Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Before we get started with something today, um, I know we have Angel here. Is there anyone else, if you served our country, um, is there anyone here that has served our country in any capacity in the service? Anyone here? Anyone here? Angel? Everyone look back. I want you all to look at Angel back there. Angel, come on. Don't hide. We thank you, bro. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. I know that. And, uh, but we thank you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Which is why we share what we shared in Lord's Supper. The one that died for us. Amen. Um, hey, I thought you were excited about this. Let me share a little story about... <laughs> Look what I have here. You want to talk into it? Oh. Okay, well... This week, I had an amazing opportunity, and um, I was able to share to a graduating class of 2016 of Dade Christian School. Uh, it was a class that I was close to. Um, it was a class in which I taught for a few years, and I really, I really felt it an honor to go over there and speak. And anytime I speak, you know, whether it's before two people or 200 or 2,000, it's always an honor to share God's word. Amen. And um, I had the opportunity, and I prayed to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I really want to share something that, that's for them, that's, um, that's on time, and, and something that, not, I, I shared this actually on Thursday to them, not something that's recycled, but something that's from your heart. And um, I didn't want to just preach an old message and twist it around and move the words around like so many preachers do. I wanted it to be fresh, new from God's heart. So I'm, 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 uh, and I'm, and it's funny because I have another message that I'm going to preach to you, um, but I'm going to wait for that message because I'm going to preach to you this somewhat. This it's going to be the same message today that I shared to the class of 2016 because I believe this church needs to hear it as well, amen. And um, it's funny because it all happened with this little guy right here. I was bathing him, and um, you know sometimes God speaks to the through the mouth of babes. You know what I'm saying, and. Um, and through the mouth of babies and what he hears and what he receives from these kids' mouths. So I'm, I'm bathing him and I'm looking at him. And, and he has these, these toys. I, I want to see if he wakes up. You want to grab those toys down there? Grab them for Dada. Grab them. Can you give them to Dada? Remember those? All right. Good. Come over here, sir. All right. He has um, these toys that he was taking a bath with. And, and I took it. class of 2016. And I actually put it on the podium as I was sharing with them. And if you can see from there, <laughs> see what that has to do with? Um, and it's a, it's a lion and it's an elephant. And um, I took it and I put it up on the, on the podium. And, and those are actually his lions, his lion and his elephant. But as I was bathing him and he was just playing with them and being a boy and just doing what he does, I was just looking at him and, and, and I love to hear him, the things that he says and does. So it was very funny. Because I said that, I said, oh, that's interesting. So I said, let me ask him some questions. So I asked him these questions. I don't know if he'll answer it today. But I said, Jackson, tell everyone here, which one is, which one is bigger? What's that called? 
Elephant, yeah. Which one's stronger? Say it. Which one's, okay, show them. Which one's stronger? There's no there. Which one's stronger? Show them. Okay, throw it. Throw it at Lou. Which one's the strongest one? Throw it. There you go. The lion is the strongest one. Now hit Rudy. Which one's bigger? Throw it to Rudy. The elephant. Good job. And he came up with this whole idea right off the bat. He says, I said, which was bigger? He goes, elephant. And he would show it to me. I was like, cool. And I said, which was strong? He goes, lion. And I was like, who taught him that? I didn't. Because I don't even believe that. I think actually elephants are, are stronger than lions. I'll, I'll put my money on an elephant. But I go, let me see if he does it again, if that, was just, if that was just by accident. So I said, Jackson, which was bigger? And again, he goes, elephant. He lifts up that elephant. And he, I go, which was stronger? And he lifts up the lion, lion. And I said, wow. And right then and there, for that class of 2016, God told me, write that down. That's the message you're going to share with them. And, oh, man, God rocked my heart. And how amazing it is that God spoke it to a three-year-old. No one taught him that. But God showed a three-year-old, hey, there might be some big elephants in this world, but I want you to know that the lion is stronger. Come on, man. Man. And, um, and he preached that to me this week. And, I wanted, and so whatever I share today is really going to be um, half delivered by my son. He's gonna, I hope he preaches good to you today. Because it's his message that God gave him that I'm going to preach to you today. Right, Jack? Can you pray for data? Because I'm going pr- to read the word with them. Can you pray? No. Okay. Can you run to mama? Go run to mama. Go. Hey, see mama over there? Go, go, go get her. Don't fall. All right, let's give him a hand. He did good. Shy but good. He'll get better as we continue to develop him to be a preacher. All right. (laughs) Oh, man. God is good or what? Everyone had a good place today? Yeah? You sure? All right. I think I'm at a good place today. I feel good today. I feel happy to be here today. I missed you guys last week. And I'm excited to just encourage you on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, Sometimes we need a good encouragement, a good push, don't we? And um, I hope that that's what you get today. Uh, Today my message is titled, here you go, guys. It's titled Lions and Elephants. That's my my title of today's message, Lions and Elephants. If you were there for the class of 2016 graduation, forgive me. It's just a a double blessing you get today. I know there's some of you in here that, that were there, but lions and elephants, lions and elephants. And that's what I want to share with you guys today as God has been pouring that in my heart. And then as I preach again, I'm going to share with you what else God has been tugging. Now, one of the things that you, you've noticed if you've been here and you've been here at midweek as well, you've noticed that we haven't gotten off the topic of presence. How many of you have noticed that we've been on presence, 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 At least every time I share, I've been speaking about presence. And that's kind of what God has just been moving in my heart, just presence, living in the presence. And it it rocked me when I preached that one time and I shared on Moses, on jumping in the water. And I said that Moses told God, let your presence go before us. For your presence is what sets us apart from all the peoples of the earth. And that rocked my heart because I said, that's what we want. That's who we are. That's what we need. That your presence would be what separates us here from all the people of the earth. How many of you could say amen? Amen. 
So that's what God has been dealing with me. So as I get into this lion and elephant, lions and elephants, I'm, I'm, you're really going to see that the foundation and the, the, the root of this message, it's, it's actually about presence. And if you miss that, man, you're going to miss something huge. It's about presence. There, there's, a, there's a known um, phrase that many of you are familiar with that we are going um, to very soon. We're going to do a series in this, and this is what our series is going to be called. You guys ready? Tell me if this series is not going to be amazing. We're going to do a series one day called The Elephant in the Room. Elephant in the Room. How many of you will be excited for that series called Elephant in the Room? All four of you that just clapped me extra blessings for. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to be serving hot dogs in a couple minutes. How many? <laughs> just joking. Memorial Day weekend. Here we go. Elephant in the room. How many of you have heard that phrase? Right? Elephant in the room. We're going to do a series on that, so I don't really want to get into that necessarily um, today. We know that this elephant in the room, it's a, it's a metaphorical idiom for an obvious truth that is going unaddressed. And that's how we use it. And, and we're going to talk about that once we get into that series. But today, when I mention this elephant in the room, this is what I really wanted to define today at least. When it's an obvious problem or risk that no one wants to discuss or confront. And that's kind of the elephant that I'm going to talk about. The, the one in which no one really wants to confront it. It's a risk. I'm not sure. Should I really get in front of that thing? I, I don't know. And, and, and I understand why elephant got, is in that phrase. I mean, elephants are pretty amazing animals. If you ever see one in front of you, I mean, they are strong, amazing. Uh, I mean, they're just some ridiculous animals. So, so it makes sense when it comes to this definition, when it implies to an obvious problem or risk that no one wants to discuss, or especially what we're going to talk about today is confront. I brought my son up here so that he could show you how I got this message. Which one's bigger? And he would say, elephant, which one's stronger? And he would lift up the lion, lion, and I would do it again, and he would continue with the same pattern. And I was just amazed. And, and I told you, and I'm sure most of you, some of you probably agree with me, not sure if the lion is actually stronger than the elephant, but at least for today, catch the analogy I'm trying to draw here and try to understand the message that my son is trying to preach to you here. Because in our lives here, uh, I'm sure that you've had difficulties and you've had struggles in your lives, setbacks in your lives, obstacles that you've had to face. Is there anyone here that could actually say, never, I've never had any kind of setback in my life or any obstacle? If that's you, man, that's pretty amazing. But most people in this room have gone through some sort of hardship at some point of their lives. Most, not all. Am I right about that? I would say so. Difficulties in our lives. And some of us rise up to them. How, some of us like when difficulties rise, don't we? I don't. kind of hate those things. Hardships and obstacles. I'm like, oh, does it have to happen again? But some people, they do good. It's part of them. They rise to those challenges. They confront them. They do well in them. They grow from them. And then there's others that they shrink. They back away from it. They had the best of them. You could have done more. You feel like you failed. You feel like, man... I really let people down, them down, him down, her down, God down, myself down by facing these trials in my life. But the truth is, if you look around and if you're here and you're hearing my voice today, you're here now and that's a good sign you haven't given up. Give yourself an amen that you haven't given up, that you are still fighting. That's good. Every once in a while, you need to be told, good job. Not you suck, you're going to go to hell, you're a sinner, you're going to burn. Like what? Whoa, wait. God loves you. Good job. Can you get an amen? 
Good. Good job. You've done well. You're here. You haven't given up. That's good. That means there's something in you. I truly believe that. If you fought, if you're here and you've been serving and you're with the Lord and, man, the Lord has taken you through some journeys, some highs, some lows, but you're still trusting. You're still believing. You're still going forward. You're still looking up for your redemption draws near. Man, all I could say is praise the Lord. There is a fight in you. It's obvious that there's a fight in you. It's obvious. I don't know about you guys, but I know in me, how many of you have gone through maybe some sort of problem in your life? For some of you, maybe it's a massive problem in your life. Like, finally, it's over. What happens many times when finally it's over, when that problem ends? A new one rises up. Gosh, I just finished one. Now I'm entering another one. I love that. Because I spoke this on Thursday to a graduating class, and the truth is, in our lives, it's the same way. In life, we graduate from problems, don't we? But sometimes when we graduate from problems, what is that graduation from that problem really all about? Isn't it about what? Promotion to a new problem? That's awesome. Welcome, you've been promoted. To what? To a new problem. What? Yes. Because how many of you have received blessings from obstacles that you've had to face? How many of you have received wisdom by hardships you had to confront? So what does God do? He rises up elephants in our lives. And you're like, why? I mean, this toy stinks. It should be much bigger than the lion. But but he rises up elephants in our lives. Why elephant? Why are you confronting me? And God is just, if you could see through this elephant, it's not actually about the elephant. It's actually about the work that I want to do in you and through you. So what I have to do is I have to lift up an elephant to bring it out of you. Come on. That's good. Because for some of us, some of us in this room, we didn't even know we had a fight in us. And the only reason today we know we had a fight in us is because an elephant rose up. And if an elephant would have never risen up, we would have never known that there was a fight in us that strong. I praise God for the... Listen, when the elephant is before me in that, in that, on, that, on those days, it's horrible. I hate it. I wish someone would axe it away. But when the elephant is removed... Man, I'm filled with so much joy because it's made me a better person. It's gave me greater knowledge, better understanding. It's given me more wisdom. It's given me the ability to father better. It's given me the ability to pastor better. It's given me the ability to be a husband. It's given me the ability to be a friend better. It's given me the ability... Do you you guys get what I'm trying to say? It's given me the ability... To be a servant of God better, a child of God. And, 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 and we forget about these elephants. And, and sometimes we look at them and we see them as a curse. And we see them as something like, no, get away, elephant. And God's like, no, I'm going to continue to bring them obstacles and hardships and problems. Because what I'm really doing is I'm doing a work in you. I'm doing a work through you. And sometimes I have to lift up these giants in your lives. So that you could actually believe that there's a fight and there's something that is stronger inside of you. So much I want to say. So I want to make sure that I encourage you today. Yes, congratulate you because of the battles that you fought, elephants you've confronted, but definitely encourage you today to tell you this. Listen to me. Battles are not over. Fights are not done. There are still more elephants that are going to come before you. Amen? The fighting continues 
as well as the problems, as well as the obstacles, as well as the hardships, it all continues. There are elephants in our lives. There are obvious problems and risks that we will have to confront in our lives. Can't run away from it. Can't run away from it. I love what Helen Keller says. All the world is full of suffering. All the world is full of suffering. But it's also full of overcoming. It's amazing. You're able to overcome. If you're taking notes, which you should, the best place to take notes, even better than school, is the house of God. But if you're taking notes, write this down. You are able to overcome. You are able to overcome. How many of you believe that for yourself? Some of you do, some of you don't, some of you are still trying to figure it out. It's okay, by the end of the message, I'm hoping this guy right here is going to roar. But it's all right, we'll keep talking about this for a second. But you are able to overcome. You could write that down. Write that down. Look at that person next to you and say, you're able to overcome, just, just to wake them up a little bit. Some of, you, some of you cheated, you didn't say anything. It's messed up. Here we go. Isaiah 31. It speaks of the final days when Christ comes to destroy Jerusalem's enemies. What an amazing wordage Isaiah uses here to describe, guys, the Messiah that is to come. Just listen to these words. Read it with me. Isaiah 31. We're going to start off here from the beginning. It says this. I'll read the first five verses. It says, For the Lord has said to me, as a lion roars over his prey, and when a band of shepherds is called out against him, he is not terrified by their shouting or daunted at their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight. That's awesome. Verse 5 says, like birds hovering, so the Lord of hosts will protect Jerusalem. He will protect and he will deliver it. He will what? Spare and rescue it. That's, a, that's an amazing passage. This thing's driving me nuts. Give me a second. I need to get comfortable. You could just pray right there where you're at. You could tell someone next to you you love them. Here we go. So it speaks to the final days, and look what it describes the lion as. A lion who roars. A band of shepherds called out against him. He's not terrified. He's not daunted by their noise or by their shouting. He fights on Mount Zion like birds hovering. He protects. He spares. He rescues. I read Isaiah's prophecy of the coming Messiah, and guys, don't miss this at all. But we have a blessing in our lives, and the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ. How many of you could say amen? What a blessing that is of knowing Christ. And not only of knowing Christ, but Christ knowing us and living in us. Because I know many people that say they know Christ, but Christ does not know them. I know many people that say they're of Christ, but the reality is... When they come before the throne of God, they'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not? And the Lord will look at them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you are working iniquity. So what I'm trying to tell you is everyone that confesses they're of Christ, it doesn't mean that Christ actually has a stamp of approval over them. So, so what I like about this is that if we are in Jesus Christ and Christ is known to us and he lives in us, we can be encouraged today and know that what Isaiah 31 is talking about, it's alive in us. And what is alive in us is that there is a lion that lives in us and he's giving us strength to what scripture says to be more than conquerors through him. 
How many of you could just truly understand that? I love what Revelation 5.5 says. He says, do not weep. See that the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed as a lion. So when, when I read this passage here of Isaiah 31, I understand that the lion of Judah, my Christ, the lion, look at this again. He's not terrified at the shouting. He's not daunted at the noise. Look what it continues to say. He's ready to fight. <laughs> Praise God that I have a Christ that fights for me, that fights nice battles for me. And it goes on to say, he protects and he spares and he rescues. <laughs> my lion rescues. My lion protects. My lion fights. Pretty cool picture. Now, we have that blessing to know that. I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and I'll skip down and I'll end at 39. It says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Huh? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Look what it says. Ready? Look at the lines. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. What is he really saying? Should any say, say any. Oh, I got, I got it. Any what? elephants shall any elephants come against you look at this shall tribulation shall elephants shall distress should persecution famine naked is danger sword no in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us for i am sure follow with me come on church that neither what death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers come on church no elephants nor height, nor depth, anything in our creation will be able to what? Separate us from the love of God in who? In Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> do, do you see the scale? Do you see what Paul's doing here? Whoa, this stuff gets serious sometimes. It elevates itself. Oh my gosh, these obstacles come, man. These heartaches come. These elephants rise up and he, and he, begins, to, he begins to define them. He begins to explain them. They're called what? Tribulation. They're called what? Distress. You see the scale? They're called what? Famine, nakedness, danger, sword. They're called death. Life, angels, rulers, things present, things to come, powers, height, depth. He's covering everything. Anything and everything, not creation. Nothing. He, he's looking at the scale and he says, none of this stuff will be able to what? To separate us from what? From the love of God who is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who's in the line. And I see what Paul does here. He's weighing them out. And he says, man, these things are serious. They're real. And they're, they're before us. But I'm telling you right now that though these things come, they will never be able to separate us from the one that lives in us. That though this thing is coming as a herd, because they travel like that, man. And when they're together, they're more powerful. But I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter how many they are or how bigger they are. The one that roars will conquer. The lion is inside of you. He can defeat those things that come before you. Oh, great message. No, this is truth. This is real stuff here. This is life. Paul's talking about this kind of stuff. Paul's mentioning this. So, so I tell you this, that these elephants may seem bigger. But I tell you right now, the lion is stronger. The lion is stronger. 
And if we are made in his likeness, in his image, nothing like what we just read can separate you from the lion that roars when they call out against him. Isaiah 31. Who is not terrified of the shouting or the daunted by the noises. The lion, the one who protects, delivers, and rescues. Amen. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 says, the righteous are bold. Some of you, as I'm sharing this, is, is just you're ready to blow up inside of your seat. The righteous are bold. The righteous are bold. I, I know why I'm bold. I know why we're bold. Because there's a lion that roars inside of us. I almost want to jump ahead of the message. But remember this when I talk about David. You remember when David um, goes to fight Goliath? Remember that? And they told him, you can't do this? His excuse was, don't tell me what I can't do. Because what you don't know is what I've already done. I've already conquered things bigger than me. And this giant Philistine is not a threat to me. So don't tell me what I can't do publicly when I've already defeated things that are greater than it in the private, quietly. I know that's for someone here. Because you're facing something that publicly looks impossible. But you face so many more things in the spiritual realm and in the quiet place that those things that present themselves to you publicly are of no threat because of a lion that roars inside of you and has brought forth victory in the quiet place, in the secret place of your intimacy with him. I'm talking about presence here. I'm talking about he's alive in you. The lion roars in you. He's, there's a presence in your life. Moses told God what? He said, what separates us from the rest of this world is that your presence is with us. Paul tells the church in 1 Corinthians 12 when speaking about his weaknesses, about what he calls a thorn in his flesh. That was given to him so he would not become proud. He's talking openly about this. I mean, he is transparent, opening himself up to all listeners, all parishioners in the church. Does not care about his title, about his position. Does not care that he is an elder bishop. He's an apostle. He's going to lay it all out. I struggle. I am weak. I've been given something that's a thorn in my flesh, and many of you have seen it. It's obvious. I struggle with this weakness, and I've cried out to God, and I've asked God to take it away, but he doesn't want me to be proud, so he's given me these lions in my life, and I've cried out to him three times, please take it away, please take it away, please take it away, and then he gives us an insight of what God tells him. It says, then the Lord told me, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and in the hardships and in the persecutions and in the troubles that I suffer for Christ. I take it. I boast in the elephants because there's a lion that fights them for me. And that's what he's saying. He, he's pretty much saying, I take in all these elephants and I, and, I, and I take pleasure in the elephants. Why? Why do I take pleasure in the elephants? For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. When elephants arise, then lions fight back even stronger. It might seem bigger, but this one is 
stronger. There's a lion and he's stronger than the elephants in your life. Stronger. Lions and elephants. The elephants may be bigger than you. How many of you have reached some elephants that are just smarter than you? Bigger than you, smarter than you, uh, faster than you. Uh, I mean, we could go down the list of all the things that they might be. What are some elephants in your life? They may be seem to be too much for you to handle. But the truth is that if you belong to Christ, he is stronger. He is stronger. Come on, church, follow with me. Elephants are big. Say it. But the lion is stronger. If my three-year-old got it, I'm hoping that you leave here today understanding that, yes, elephants can be bigger and seem bigger than you, but there's a lion that roars in you that's stronger. You just saw him confess that before you. It may seem big, but I tell you, you are stronger because the lion is alive in you. He's alive in you. In the book of Numbers chapter 13, amazing passage. I've preached on this years ago here at this church. Maybe I've mentioned it again in one of my other preachings, but, but I want to I retouch on this again. Moses sends out 12 spies, uh, a leader from each one of the tribes, to go ahead and spy out the land that was promised to them, biblical Canaan. So they go and they spy out the land. Guys, do not miss this at all. They come back. Twelve men come back. These are twelve respected men that they elected and they chose. When these twelve men come back, they give Moses the report of what they found. Look at Numbers 13, verse 27. Numbers 13, 27. I'll start off there and I'll end uh, in 33. I'll skip some though. It says that this was the report to Moses. Listen, we entered the land you sent us to explore, and indeed it was a beautiful country, bountiful country. It was a great country. It was, it was right, Moses, just like God had told you. Look what it said here. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit that produces. So they show him the fruit. Man, there's fruit producing. There's richness in this land. I mean, it is an amazing, bountiful, it's a blessed country. Everyone's eyes on verse 28. But... I know, I know what it is to talk like this. I know what it is to one minute experience the goodness of God, and then the next sentence that comes out of my mouth, I'm still doubting what God is able to do. I, I, I could, I'm telling you this because I struggle with this personally. I, I could see how God can use us, use me in such an amazing way that I know is beyond myself, and in the next second, I could see how I'm already doubting if God will ever use me again. And God's like, what? And they're like, yeah, but... Look what they say in verse 28. But the people living there, they're powerful. It's beautiful. It's great. We should, it's just like you said, Moses, but. And, and you know what that but means. There's a problem. The people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. It's going to be very hard to go into this place. And we even saw what? <laughs> we saw giants there. I mean, can we just like say it? There were elephants there. I mean, I'm not saying real elephants. I'm talking about there are giants. There are obstacles there. Their enemies are there. Things we got to what? Starts with a C. Confront. It's there. It's waiting for us. I mean, it's beautiful. Milk, honey. I mean, it's bountiful. But man, there are lions. There are giants in our path. 
in our way. They're actually descendants of our enemies. Verse 30 says, but Caleb, I love that there's another but. Because we all need that one person in our lives that when we're down on ourselves, they see things that we don't even see about ourselves. That's why church is so important. Well, I have church at home, right? So when you're down in the slums, who at home is going to whisper in your ear that you can do it again? There's a fight in you. There's a God that loves you. Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking that the birds will chirp it. They won't. That's why fellowship is important. That's why battling together is important. That's why we got to pray and fast and seek the Lord together. I need to be in the house of God. Not because the presence of God is there. The presence of God is here. But I got to unite with someone else that sees things when I don't see them for myself. So you got 11 men saying, I don't know, I don't know. I see that it's beautiful, but I don't see how it's possible to conquer it. But then there's a Caleb that rises up. And Caleb says what? Everyone be quiet. Literally, it says he tried to quiet the people. And he says what? Let's go at once to take the land. Look what he says next. We can what? Certainly what? I need you in my life. You need each other in your life. Why? Because there's going to be a time when elephants arise and you will think it's impossible for you to conquer it and someone gets right next to you and says, who lied to you? Come on, together, I'm going to remind you that we're more than able, we're more than conquerors. Let's go to this land and let's fight the elephants now. This stuff is real. This stuff is serious. You had 11 people struggling and one person rises up and says, wait a minute. Does no one see it the way I see it? I'm wondering what was roaring in Caleb that the other ones didn't have roaring in them. I'm wondering what kind of intimate presence he was in that the other ones were not in. Now when they saw something impossible, Caleb saw it more possible than ever in him. You can certainly conquer it. Someone say that. Yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? For some of you, it was hard to say. I want to think about that thing that I'm called to conquer right now in my life. I'm going to look into it, and I'm going to say, we can certainly conquer it. For some of you, it's hard to even say that. I know that, because you're looking at someone that it's hard to say that. Look at verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with Caleb disagreed. Don't tell us to be quiet. You know, you know that's what happened. You be quiet, Caleb. We know what we saw. You want to kill my, my We got to protect our children. Are you crazy telling us to go conquer it? You be quiet, Caleb. Don't tell us to be quiet. Look what it says here. They disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're sh- Come on, man. Says who? They're stronger than we are. Can I tell you what I think was happening there? When they said they're stronger than we are, what were they really describing in the verses before? They're giants in the land. I think what they were actually describing was, and they, they defined it as stronger than us. All they really meant was they were bigger than us. But stronger than us? These guys got it all confused. They mixed it up. They thought that what, was, what seemed bigger actually meant it was stronger. And I'm telling you today that there might be people in your life that will walk in, and they might even be godly people in your life. And they will walk in, and when they're up to uplift you, they're going to tell you in your face, 
hey, those things are stronger than you. Are you crazy? And you remind, even if they're godly people, listen, thank you and I respect you. But though they are bigger than me, I know that none is stronger than the one who lives in me. Colombia might seem too big for you to conquer. And that area might seem too impossible for you to love. But who says that that thing that seems bigger than just you is actually stronger than the one who dwells and lives in you? Come on. Are you crazy? Can you imagine if you start to activate that? What might start to happen here? I feel like I'm feeling this today. Who, I feel like I'm feeling this more than I felt it on Thursday. I mean, guys, this is serious. So look at verse 32. We can't do this. They're stronger than us. So you know what people do? Sometimes they're what? They're the 11 closest people to Caleb. Sometimes it's the closest people to you. Look at verse 32. So they began to spread the bad report. It's, it's always been in the Bible. So here comes these people who are out to fight and spy with Caleb, to do work with Caleb, and now they're spreading bad report about the land among the Israel. Why are you spreading bad report? I thought you just said it was flowing with milk and honey. I thought you were saying that it was bountiful country. Why? Just because a bunch of giants are living in there? So they begin to spread the bad news. The land that we traveled and explored will devour anyone who goes in there. And all the people we saw there, they were huge, they said. Anyone that says huge, be careful for them. And then it says in verse 33, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak there. And next to them, we felt like, look how they start to, oh my God, I felt like a grasshopper. You've, been a, you've ever been around someone, they begin to speak to you, they begin to hang out with you. You begin to see the manifest. I don't know what it is. And you just feel small. You just feel like you can't. I, I, who says that you're a grasshopper when you have a lion roaring in you? You're the people of God. You're the children of Israel. Go conquer the land that I promised your fathers. What are you doing describing yourselves as a grasshopper when around you roars a lion? Am I the only one excited about this stuff? Next to them we fall like grasshoppers and that's, that's what we thought. Well, who cares what you think? It's what God knows. It's who God is. And there's a lion who is greater so... When you feel like that grasshopper, when you feel small, and when you feel like it's impossible, and when things look like that, impossible, and people and obstacles, they stand against you, and they seem bigger than you are, we need to know that if Christ is in us, that he lives in us, and he is stronger than all those things, than the people, than the obstacles, than the impossibility. He is greater. Most of the time, and you can write this down and never forget this, it's not the size of the obstacles that you will face, but it's the size of the fight that is in you. And that's all he's developing. You're worried about this when I'm actually trying to increase the strength of this. You're worried about this. How many of you have lost I'm talking to myself. But how many have joined me in losing sleep because of these things? Many hands. Look at that. Thank you for being honest with me because I thought I was the only one in this church for a second. I've lost, I've lost days of sleep because of this. That I've gone to work and people say, what's wrong with you? You got black under your eyes and you look exhausted. And I'm doing great. Yeah, right. I haven't slept for days. I've, I've, this is a true story. I've lost sleep over these things. Over these things. I've lost sleep. And most of the times, it's not the size of the obstacles we face. It's actually 
about the size of the fight that's in us. And the Lord says, I lift these things up before you so that I could strengthen, mature these, this thing that's inside of you. I love when heartaches come, people start to cry out to God. It's just the way we are, humanity. And many of you, man, you've already gone through a great deal in your life. Maybe some of you haven't. Some of you will in the near future. And it's so important, man. Think about all the preachings. Think about all the things that you've learned here in this church. Think about everything in fellowship with brothers and sisters. Think about things that you've read and learned through his word. Guys, listen to what I'm telling you. If Christ has confronted you in your path, if you have met him, then there is a fight that is in you, a lion in you, a conqueror in you that you can confront and take on all that stands before you to challenge you and to oppose you. How many of you could say amen? amen? There may be giants, but there's a bigger fight in you. Can you write that? Can you say that? Can you know that? There might be giants, but there's a bigger fight in me. There's a lion whose fight is bigger than their size. Can you believe that for yourself? So guys, my encouragement to you as your pastor is this. Embrace the challenges. Embrace the elephants. Don't run from them. Don't be scared of them. Walk right up to them. Tickle their belly. Play with their trunks. Jump on their backs. Do what you have to do. Embrace the challenges. Why? Why should I embrace the challenges? Man, pastor, they are strong. They hurt. They are painful for me at times. You want to know why you should embrace them? You want to know why? Because what I shared earlier, they bring growth to your life. You need them. You need them. You need them. You need them in every area of your life. In every situation that you're in, you need these things. Why? Why else, why, why else do you need them? Because they deposit wisdom in your life. How many of you need more wisdom? Be careful what you pray for. Because you might rise up more elephants. <laughs> How many of you need more wisdom? All right. All right. So be ready for the elephants. Because your path to wisdom is confrontation with elephants. But there's a lion in you. Lions and elephants. Bring the elephants and the lion never ceases to roar. Come and fight. Come and fight. Come and fight. Come and fight because he fights. He rescues. He's it. These elephants are not to fear, church, but they are to confront. The lion is the one whom you fear and who's the one who conquers. Amen. The English proverb, you've probably read it somewhere, right? A smooth sea never makes a skilled sailor. We'll just stop there for a moment. So I end with this. The worship team, if you're not going to come up here just to like let it rip and let go and let it all just they don't even come, but how many of you are ready just to, let's just worship the Lord, amen? All right, so the worship team's going to come and, and ready just to let it rip and worship him. But I end with David and David's words as a young shepherd, way before he becomes the king of Israel. David's words to Goliath, here it is. I told you I was going to share about David and Goliath. Let's just get into this for a second. We, we know the story a little bit of David and Goliath. Maybe you haven't, but I, I, I recommend for you to go to 1 Samuel 17 and read it. They're about to go to war 
on one side is the, the children of Israel, on the other side is the, the enemies called the Philistines, and there is a massive warrior by the name of Goliath, and he's standing before the children of Israel, and he says, come and bring it, you guys are weak, and, and there's a lot of curse words in there, I'm sure. And you, you can't do this, I'm going to beat you up, and I kill thousands, and you're going to die. Okay? So the children of Israel are terrified. Oh, no, he's going to kill us. We're done. So David, because David's just David. He's always somewhere when he needs to be there. And he's bringing food to his brothers. He's bringing drink and food and bread. He's like, bros, what's up? He's like, nothing, we're about to die. So as he's giving them bread and he's there and he starts to hear this crazy man start to scream. And he looks and he says, what is this crazy guy saying? Who, who does he think he is that he could talk bad about God's people? How many of you get offended when people talk bad about your brothers and sisters? I do. That's probably the hardest thing as a pastor. To see some of you talk bad about each other, it kills me. There's probably nothing that bothers me the worst than when one of you talk bad about the other one. I'd rather deal with your sin and your shortcomings and your weaknesses, but one thing that I can't stand is when you, when you guys start like, because we're an army. We're a team. We're a family. So, He's hearing and he's like, who, who is he to talk bad about me and about us? I love that. David, just like Caleb, David, just like Caleb, what does he do? Oh, no one else is going to stand up to this giant? Then I guess I'm going to stand up. I guess I'm going to stand up. That's cool because God just needs that one to do that. And he looks at King Saul and he... T- he tells King Saul, Saul, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go and fight him. David, you're a little kid, man. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replies. There's no way that you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. I told the class when I shared this with them. I said, you know how many times people have told me I'm just a boy? You can't do that because you're just a boy. You're just young. You don't really... And I said, who cares about those voices? Who cares about those things? You're only a boy. And Goliath walked out towards David later on in verse 41. He walked out with the shield bearer, shield bearer with him. And he began to mock him at this ruddy-faced boy. And he says, am I some sort of dog, David? He roared at him. That you come at me with a stick. And he began to curse David by the name of his gods. And he says this in verse 44. He says, come over here and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. You messed with the wrong person on the wrong day at the wrong time. Because that was the day that the lion was going to roar before God. You might have killed a thousand others, but you just confronted a young lion in the battlefield. Elephants can roar and can come against you. But us lions, we stand before them. And look what David says back to him. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. The God of the armies of Israel whom you've defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you. And I will cut off your head. And I will give you dead bodies of the men, of the birds, and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with sword. Not with spear. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give you to us. The battle belongs to the Lord. The lion roars. Lion! 
minute. Wait a minute. You come to me, but I come to you in the name of the Lord who has given you to me today. You know why this elephant stood before David? Because God was going to make David a king. So this giant needed to be lifted up before David to prepare him to be a king. You think when David was a king and someone came to him when he sat on his throne and said, I have something to say about you. You think he was all perplexed about that? He probably said, well, I have something to say to you. I was one time in a field and a giant came saying stuff to me. You want to know how it ended? These things are, are moments to go back and remember. Embrace them. I love what Paul tells the church of Philippi in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Paul tells the church this. For God is working in you. And he's giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Did you catch that? He's giving you the power. He's giving you that desire. So if you stand with me, if you may please. If you are called by God here today, and he has given you the desire, I want you to know this today. He equips you. He equips you with the power to do all that pleases him. How many of you could say amen? So all I could say and the only way I could end is lions, you stand, you fight, you go forward, you look up, you please Christ for God is working in you. He's giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So we're going to worship him. If you just need prayer because you need prayer, the altar is open. Let's pray for you. But if not, right there where you're at, worship your God. Cry out to your God. Let the lion roar. Let him roar today. Let him confront and face all your obstacles. So go ahead, church. I'll give you some time for you to be in the presence of God and let the lion take over you. Go ahead. Let his presence fall over you. Come on, don't hold back. If you're going to get on your knees, if you got to walk somewhere, if you got to come up, but get into the presence. Let's go have church now. Have, have intimate devotion with Jesus now. Don't get caught up with what you have planned now. Don't, right now, you in Christ. Let him do a special work in you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.